Well, good morning. Well, I gotta say, uh, congrats to you, Buckeye fans. Um, if you don't know, I'm a Michigan State fan, and uh, we played the Buckeyes last night, and it wasn't pretty for one team. I won't mention who it wasn't pretty for. Uh, but one team got embarrassed last night, so we'll leave it at that. Pretty sure I'm a Michigan State. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Uh, <laughs> so about a month ago, uh, I mentioned uh, how Jamie was uh, trying to wish away the last bit of summer um, by putting up some fall decorations. And, and summer is my favorite season of the year, so it was a little disheartening to see my lovely wife putting up the fall decorations when it was still summer. Um, but I saw something online a couple weeks ago that trumped that. Uh, I saw on Facebook a couple weeks ago that there are already stores who are putting up Christmas decorations and Christmas trees. Right here, if you've seen already this year, oh my goodness, yes, most of us have seen these stores already putting up Christmas decorations and Christmas trees. I mean, to me, that's insane. I mean, uh, we, we used to be a family that would not listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. You know, we, we would celebrate Thanksgiving, and then after that, we, we would start the Christmas music and the holly jolly season. We haven't even hit Halloween yet. My, my mind barely hasn't even really thought about Halloween yet. It's been consumed with the car show and other activities. Now my mind is starting to think about the trunk or tree and other things. But the stores, I mean, that's crazy. Already, Christmas decorations and Christmas trees. Now, I love Christmas. Anybody else like Christmas? Yeah, I mean, summer is my favorite season of the year, but really like the, the couple weeks near the end of December is like the favorite time for me, the, the Christmas time, the Christmas season. There, there's lots of reasons for that. One, we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, two, it serves as a great opportunity uh, to get together uh, with your family. Um, something you really cherish when you uh, don't have uh, the privilege of living next to them. It's the, it's the holly jolly uh, Christmas season. Everybody's in that holly jolly mood. You have the Christmas music. I, I love Christmas music just in its appropriate time. Now, I, I will have to say I'm guilty um, before Jamie harassed me. I did listen to Christmas music one day a couple weeks ago. I was like, yeah, I, I just wanted to get a bit into the groove of it because I love Christmas uh, music. Um, but yeah, Christmas, Christmas is fun. Christmas is good. Uh, but one of the greatest Christmas traditions in America is the exchanging of gifts. Now, each year, um, we, we would celebrate Christmas as a family. And each year, my parents would gift each of us four kids with gifts. And now, I know myself and my other three siblings, we did not pay a penny. We didn't pay a nickel or a dime, anything for these presents, for these gifts. But my parents insisted each, each year, year in and year out, to bless us with gifts for, for each and every one of us. And we get those Christmas presents without even having to pay for them. They're free to us. They're gifts. We didn't do anything to deserve them, but they would continue to, to give it to us. And I'm sure many of you guys can relate, either on the receiving end or the giving end. You may either receive or give gifts on the Christmas holiday, um, hopefully a bit of both, and uh, you, you give gifts, and, and you don't expect the other person to pay you anything, but you just give it out of the goodness of your heart. And this morning, uh, we're going to be uh, talking about uh, a, a grand gift, a, a great gift. 
You know, we, we can all remember those times during the Christmas season uh, when we receive just the perfect gift from, from our parents, whether it's the newest, grandest set of Legos, or the newest Barbie doll, or American Girl doll, or, or the newest, shiniest, brightest toy. I'm sure we all have memories of just the toy that just hit the right spot for us when we were kids, and that brought us much joy. Well, today we're talking about a, a gift that far exceeds any gift that any of us have ever received before in our life. It's infinitely better. And that gift is the gift of eternal life. And today we're going to start a three-week series entitled How to Receive Eternal Life. How, how do we attain that gift of eternal life? Because it, it's the gift that is infinitely better than any other gift you could possibly receive. For there, there's no greater gift than in spending eternity with God and His Son, Jesus, and your fellow loved ones who, who devoted their life to God and Jesus and, and God's coming kingdom. It's the eternal life. It's, I like to think of it as a never-ending celebration. So the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is, how are we saved? And that's kind of the, the question that we'll take a look at on the, these next three weeks, is how are we saved? How do we receive eternal life? And this is a question that many people try to answer. I mean, it's a, it's a hotly uh, debated question in Christian circles. Uh, two of the most common answers as to how we are saved is some people say, eh, we're saved by our faith. And some people say, well, no, maybe not our faith, but we're saved by our works. And, or maybe some will say we're saved by some combination of the two, faith or our works. And those that say we're saved by our faith usually get their support uh, from Paul. Those who say that we're saved by our works generally get their support from uh, the book of James. Now this morning, uh, I would like to suggest uh, that we are neither saved by um, our faith or our works. Rather, um, I would uh, suggest this morning uh, that we are all saved by grace. We're saved by grace, and, and that's probably not too shocking uh, for many of us. But if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter two. One of the letters of Paul, Paul writing here uh, to the church of Ephesus, and Paul clearly states how we are saved. Paul states in, in Ephesians chapter two, uh, verses eight and nine. He says, "It is for by grace." You have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Paul here states that we are saved by grace. We're not saved by our faith. We're not saved by works, but we're saved by grace. I mean, Paul couldn't state that any more clearly. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one May boast. Now, now, grace is a huge theme and topic of the New Testament. In fact, grace, the, the word, the term grace, is used 121 times in the New Testament. It's just a huge major theme. It's one, it's one of the most important themes of the New Testament is grace. And that is how we receive eternal life. That, that's how we receive it, is through the grace of God. We're not saved by our faith. We're not saved by our works. But we're saved by the grace of God. Of God. Now we'll say that, that, that our faith and our, and our works do come into play, and, and we'll talk about that in um, the next two weeks. We'll talk about our faith and, and our works because they are important. They're an important part of the process, but that's not how we are saved. We are saved 
by God's grace. And, and, and Paul here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, can, cannot state that any more clearly that we are saved by God's grace. So the question we have to ask ourselves today is, is what is grace? You know, we have all these uh, like church words that we use in church. We don't really use outside of a church setting words like grace, holy, righteous, justified, sanctified. We, we use these terms in, in church. We don't really use them outside of a church setting. So the, these terms can often get lost. The, the meaning can often get lost. And so grace simply means undeserved favor. That's all grace means. Grace means undeserved favor. It's when you receive something that you do not deserve. And we've all been, been uh, given grace from people. And we've all been given grace from God. It's when we receive something that we do not deserve. I'll give you guys a, a bit of an illustration to help describe grace. Let's say I, your pastor, steal a car from you. All right? I steal a car from you. And you catch me. Alright, you catch me in the app. You catch me stealing your car. And now justice would be me, would be you sending me to jail. That's justice being served. You, you call me, I give back the car, and I and I go to jail. That, that is justice being served. That, that is a just act right then, right there, if I were to steal a car from you. Another alternative is I steal your car and you catch me, but you 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 let me free. You take the car back, but you know, you know what, Kyle? I let you off the hook this one time. I'm not going to send you to jail because you could easily uh, spend a number of years in jail. But I'm going to show mercy unto you. Am I might just go out. Yes. Right. Yep. Well, good thing uh, I'm black. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably gonna check that too. Um, so yes, uh, another alternative is mercy. It's when you don't receive something you deserve. So if you were to catch me in the act of stealing your car, you say, you know what, Kyle, no, you, you can just, uh, we'll let you off the hook. I'm going to take the car back, but I'm going to let you off the hook. The third alternative is if I steal your car and you catch me, but this time you not only let me off the hook, but you give me the car. You know, I steal the car from you. I, I don't deserve that car. You paid for the car yourself, but I steal it and I take it and you, and you let me keep the car. Not only do, do you let me free, not only do you have mercy on me and, and let me free, do I need perfect for right now. Thank you. We're dancing up here. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yes, mercy is, sorry, I'm getting off track here a bit. Mercy um, is when you don't receive something that you do uh, deserve. But grace is when you get something that you don't deserve. There's a careful distinction there. When you, when you receive something that you don't deserve, and that is grace. If I were to steal a car from you, and you give me that car, I'm getting something that I do not deserve. It goes a step further than mercy. Because you being merciful to me if I were to steal your car, would you say, you know what, Kyle, I'm going to let you off the hook this time. I'm not going to send you to jail, even though that would be the just act. But grace, a graceful act, you know what, Kyle? just going to give you the car. Because justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is where you don't get what you deserve. And grace is you get what you don't deserve. So there's a, there's a careful distinction there. So, so grace is receiving something that we do not deserve. And so for us to know what we do not deserve, we have to know what we do deserve. And so if grace is something we don't, don't deserve, we have to know what uh, we don't deserve. 
And so Paul is going to be our best friend this morning as he shows us what we do indeed deserve. If you have your Bibles, you can open up uh, to the book of Romans. Just a couple of books prior to the book of Ephesians. In the book of Romans, uh, we're just going to read uh, chapter 3, verse 23. Paul here is going to show us what we deserve as Christians so that we know what we don't deserve. So in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, maybe a verse that many of you guys are familiar with, Paul writes, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul here states that everyone has sinned. We all have sin in our life. Now, I don't think as Christians we're defined by our sin. We're not identified by our sin, but each and every one of us have sin in our life. And I'm sure this isn't much of a shocking statement uh, for you guys, but if some of you guys have questions about yourself, you know, do, do I really have sin in my life? I'd encourage you to ask your spouse or siblings or, or parents, and I'm sure they'd be more than delighted to show you uh, that you indeed uh, have sin in your life. As we all have sin in our life, and, and Paul here again clearly states that in chapter 3, verse 23, and then Paul continues to write, um, in the, the letter of Romans. And in chapter 6, if you just fast forward a, a couple of chapters, in chapter 6, verse 23 again, Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23 are, are really important verses. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, Paul writes, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in, in chapter 3, Paul said that everyone has sinned in their life. Not, not a single person is excluded except for the man Jesus Christ. But outside of Jesus Christ, every single person has sin in their life. And then just three chapters later, Paul says, for the wages of sin is death. So we all have sin in our life, and the wages of that sin is death. We have sin in our life, and so what we deserve is death. Nothing more, nothing less. We, we deserve death. You know, if you work from 9 to 5 and your company agrees to pay you $10 an hour and you work uh, 8 hours, that's $80. Once you work that shift, your company would then give you that $80 for that's your wage of working 8 hours. That's what you deserve for working that 8 hours. Well, here, our wage, what we deserve for sinning, is death. So we, we as humans, as sinful beings, we deserve nothing more or nothing less than death. But it's by the grace of God that we receive eternal life. Because grace, again, is undeserved favor. It's when you receive something that you do not deserve. And so only by the grace of God do we receive eternal life. Because we certainly do not deserve eternal life. Nonetheless, life itself. For we deserve death. Paul here clearly states that in Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23, for all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of that sin, what you deserve because of that, is death. So it's by the grace of God and the grace of God alone that we receive eternal life. There's nothing, there's not a single thing we can do here on this earth to make us deserve eternal life. It's not possible. We can only receive, we can only attain that eternal life through the grace of God. 
And so on the, on the grand scale of things, let's take again a look at justice, mercy, and grace. On the grand scale of things, we all have sin in our life. And so justice, when you get what you deserve, justice is we would have to die for our sins. And let me tell you, some, some people in the end are not going to accept this free gift of grace, and they are going to have to pay for their sins. They're going to have to die for their sins. That is justice being served. You get what you deserve. And to be frank, that's what we deserve as human beings. Now, mercy is where you don't get what you deserve. And so a merciful act is we're all sinners, but we don't have to pay for that. We don't have to die for our sins. You know, once we live this life, you know, that's kind of it. We don't have to be resurrected just to serve our just punishment. You know, God can be merciful to us and just say, you know, that's it. You don't have to pay that punishment. That's mercy. It's when you don't get something you deserve. You know, like when you have a spanking coming your way, but your parents go, you know what? I'll be merciful towards you, and I won't punish you this time. That, that's a merciful act. That's the mercy of God. Then we take that a step further, and we take a look at grace, where you receive something that you do not deserve. That's like a kid uh, disobeying you as a parent, and you give them a piece of candy for that. Uh, that. That just doesn't make sense. They didn't deserve it. That's grace. Is what you get. You get what you do not deserve. And so grace, in the, in the grand scheme of things, we're all sinners. We all deserve death. But not only do we not have to pay that punishment of death, but we get what we don't deserve. And, and we don't deserve that eternal life. That's the grace of God in action. Is we get what we don't deserve, and that's eternal life. But God has given and has shown His grace to each and every one of us. Every single person who has lived on this earth, God ha ha has expressed His grace to each and every one of us. He's given us what we do not deserve. We aren't saved by our faith. We aren't saved by what we believe in. We aren't saved by the work that we do, the good work we do. We're, we're merely saved by God's grace. For there's nothing we can do to deserve eternal life. There's nothing we can do to deserve salvation. So we are saved by grace alone. Nothing we can do to deserve it. And, and, and I hope you understand that this morning, that we all as people, as humans, we deserve that. Nothing more, nothing less. For the wages of sin is death. We all have sin in our life. But thank goodness for the grace of God. Because God has given that grace to each and every one of us. You know, that, that, that's the beauty of the grace of God. It is a free gift to us. Now, this, this is an idea that's talked about over and over in Paul's letters. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, what we read earlier, Paul writes, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is, your, this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Romans, 3, uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 say, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So the grace that God has given to us, it is a free gift. He has given it to each and every one of us. We, we don't deserve it. But God has given it to us as a free gift. And again, it reminds me of Christmas. When Christmas morning, I would, I would receive gifts from my parents. It was free. It was free to me. I didn't pay a single penny for these gifts. But my parents insisted.
on giving me these gifts. It was free to me. And God's grace, the gift of eternal life, is free to us. We don't have to pay a penny for the free gift of eternal life. We receive that free gift through Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's when we think about, uh, as, as we're preparing, some of us may be preparing already for the Christmas season, and we, and we think about all the gifts that we may uh, give to our family members or the gifts we may receive from our, from our family members. Remember, there's no greater gift than the grace of God, which is eternal life. And again, it is free. It is free. There's nothing we can do to deserve it, but God has given us that free gift to each and every one of us. And that free gift is eternal life in God's coming kingdom here on this earth. In Revelation chapter 21, the last book of the Bible, in the second to last chapter, Revelation 21, um, John has a vision, the, the writer of Revelation, um, about the coming kingdom, about our, our free gift. And John writes in Revelation 21, verse 1, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That's the hope that we have. That's the free gift that has been extended, that has been offered to each and every one of us. It's a ticket into God's coming kingdom. Because let me tell you, one day, Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth. And when he returns to this earth, he's going to bring and establish his Father's kingdom here on earth. And John describes this process. And John says that God himself, God himself is going to dwell with us. God is going to dwell with man. How awesome is that going to be to see God face to face, to have a conversation with God face to face where God himself is going to dwell with us. And on top of that, God is going to wipe away every tear. There's going to be no more crying or mourning or pain for the former things will have passed away. That's the hope that we have as Christians. The free gift that has been given to each and every one of us. Let me tell you, we do not deserve that free gift of eternal life in God's coming kingdom. But let me tell you, God has given you that gift of eternal life. For it's by the grace of God that each and every one of us can be saved. It is a free gift. And let me tell you, there is no gift that even comes close to the gift of partaking in God's coming kingdom in the future. No gift that can compare. It is infinitely better. There will be a never-ending celebration. And it's a free gift. We're saved by the grace of God. God has given that free gift to each and every one of us. Now, the narrative, uh, unfortunately, uh, does not stop there. I, I wish it stopped there. I wish it would stop where, where we would all just receive God's free gift of eternal life. But let me tell you, uh, each Christmas season, uh, when my parents uh, give me gifts, I have two options to make. I have two choices. One, I can choose to accept that free gift. 
I didn't pay a penny for it. Or two, I can say, no, you know what, Mom and Dad, no thanks. I, I, I don't want that free gift that you've given to me. You, you can reject that free gift. Those are two choices every single time that you are given a free gift. You have that choice to accept that free gift. Unfortunately, we, we have that choice to reject that free gift. And that's where our faith, that, that's where our works come into play. And we'll talk about that in, in the, the next two weeks. So I encourage you to stick with us. As unfortunately, Jesus talks about in the end when he's going to come back. And unfortunately, Jesus describes that most people are going to be so foolish that they're going to reject the free gift of God. And I don't want any one of us in this church to make that foolish decision of, of not accepting the free gift of God. But unfortunately, most people here on earth will reject the free gift of God, which is eternal life in the coming kingdom of God. But that gift is free to each and every one of us. We just have to make that decision to accept it. And again, we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. But again, we aren't saved by what we do. We aren't saved by our faith. We aren't saved by our works. We're saved by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. There's nothing outside of the grace in which we are saved by. And it is a free gift to us. It's free to us. But unfortunately as well... Um, when, when you give a gift to someone, when my parents give me gifts, it's free to me. But my parents had to pay a price. I'm sure many of you parents out there are well aware of this. Come the Christmas season and you get your bill on your credit card with this big hunk list because of all the gifts you bought for all your relatives. It's not free to give gifts. Even though the receiver for it's free, but it's not free to give gifts. And similar, similarly, the free gift of God came at a price. And we'll be remembering that this morning with communion. And so if we have our ushers, they can come forward as we'll transition into communion. Because we have been given that free gift of eternal life by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. But let me tell you, there was a price paid for that gift. And it was a steep Price. A very steep price. You can go ahead and take a seat. For nearly 2,000 years ago, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered and died on the cross for our sins. And we read in the, in the Suffering Servant Songs in the book of Isaiah, near, near the, the end of the book of Isaiah, we, we see and we read that it was the will of God to have his son, Jesus Christ, pierced and crushed for our iniquities and for our sins. It was God's will to have his perfect son, all that he wanted, a son that he could have perfect fellowship with. It was his will to have him crushed and pierced for our iniquities. Because let me tell you, God wanted to give you the free gift of eternal life. The free gift of grace through Christ Jesus our Lord, eternal life. God wants to give you that so bad that it was his will to have his son, Jesus Christ, die and suffer on the cross for our iniquities and our sin. 
And so this morning, I, I, I encourage us all to remember the steep price that was paid nearly 2,000 years ago. As not only Jesus had to endure the pain and the shame and the mockery of hanging on that cross, but his Father, God, was looking down on him. And God heard his plea. God heard his cry as Jesus was crying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And God heard all of it. And for you parents out there, you know how much it hurts to see your children suffer. All the more would you rather suffer than to see your kids suffer. And God saw his perfect son, Jesus, suffer. And so that gift of eternal life, there's no gift that can, can compare to it. It is free to us, but a steep price was paid 2,000 years ago. And that's what we remember this morning with communion. And on the, the day before, the night before Jesus was crucified, Jesus uh, sat and celebrated the Passover uh, festival with his disciples. And he took the bread, and he says that this bread which is broken for you represents my body, which is to be broken for you. So this morning as we partake the bread together, this represents the body of Jesus that was broken for us. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for the free gift of eternal life. And Father, I thank you for the price that was paid, the steep price of, of this free gift to us, and you sending your perfect Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And Father, I just pray that we all make the wise decision to accept your free gift of grace through our faith and through our works. And Father, I just... Again, thank you for this day, and I thank you for the gift of eternal life that's only made possible through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. So, Jesus, then, now we pray. Amen.